If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. In that first three minutes that Nintendo showed us of the Nintendo Switch, they showed something that got a lot of people excited. They showed Skyrim running on the Switch. Now, when originally asked for comment, whoever was responding to the question uh, from Bethesda, who is the company that brings us games like Fallout 4 and Skyrim, uh, they responded with, we don't have anything to announce at this point. Well, Glixel.com, they tracked down uh, Todd Howard, who is the head guy over at Bethesda, and they were interviewing him and asked him uh, point blank, what do you think of the Nintendo Switch? Uh, He said that he loved it. He has actually been able to play one, which is really interesting. Um, I like that he, uh, having had one in his hands and actual playing it, uh, he said that that he wasn't sure what he could and could not say under NDA, but he said that he loved it. Uh, He also said it was one of the best demos he had ever seen. And then he said, probably the best demo I ever seen at E3. I'm not sure what he means at E3. Like maybe he's seen better demos in other places, but at E3, he's never seen a better demo, which is a little weird because, uh, yes, first off, uh, E3 is supposed to be a show that is for the, um, the industry, not for fans like us. So I'm sure that Nintendo was there, uh, probably in a hotel room someplace, and they made appointments with people who uh, they wanted to attract to the platform to to show, hey, this is what we're working on. Uh, but regardless, um, Todd Howard says that this is one of the best demos he's ever seen and that he's actually had the thing in his hands. That's awesome. Um, then the interviewer said, was it a Nintendo game that you played? And he said... I mean the device itself. I think it's really smart what they're doing. We're definitely going to be supporting it, which is really important because, first off, Bethesda was not on that list of companies that were going to be supporting the Switch or that were partnering with Nintendo to support the Switch. So it's big that Bethesda is now saying, yes, we are supporting it. And this is coming from Todd Howard, who I think a lot of gamers put a lot of trust in, especially with the way that they've nailed uh, Fallout 4. Um, He said, it's the first time that we've done something on Nintendo, if you don't count the old NES stuff, like Home Alone and Where's Waldo, which made me laugh because I didn't realize that that Bethesda was the company that made those, uh, those horrible games. Um, and then uh, the the interviewer said, can you really bring Skyrim with you on the go? And he said, it is the same game on the TV and on the other screen. Again, that's a weird way to phrase it, uh, but it seems like when you are playing Skyrim, it doesn't matter uh, if you are hooked up to your big TV or if you are playing it on a bus, uh, you're going to be able to play Skyrim on the go. And that's really 
cool. And I'm really excited to hear that. That is um, exciting news for the Switch. Because if the Switch is attractive enough to a developer like them, who have previously ignored Nintendo consoles, uh, then that means a lot of developers are probably going to find it a, an attractive platform. Now, what is he looking for? This is the real question. What is it that Todd Howard is looking for when he uh, or when his company Bethesda decides what's gonna or what platforms do we want to support? The number one thing that he probably looks for is can I just port something over to here easily without having to do a whole lot of extra work? And because this Nintendo has moved back towards a more, I won't say traditional, but a more um, widespread, that's not the right word either, a more, I guess traditional is, is the word that I'm going to have to use for now. But now that Nintendo is really matching the controls uh, that the other uh, companies are using on their consoles, that makes it a lot easier for uh, companies like Bethesda to support the system. That means they don't have to invent a new control scheme just because when you're playing, uh, you don't have uh, the right thumbstick or um, there's motion controls and things like that. Now, things that I hope are built in when Skyrim comes to the Switch, which I will buy. This will this will be the third time that I've bought Skyrim, and I'm okay with that because Skyrim is a really good game, and the idea of being able to play it uh, wherever I am is awesome. Um, plus, I haven't bought the uprezzed version, so you know it, it seems like a win-win for me. I bought it on the 360, and I bought it on the PC, and um, I played it on both. I didn't beat it on either, uh, but on the Switch, I, I like the idea of being able to take it with me. Um, so like I was saying, one of the things that I hope they add is I hope that they add in motion controls, kind of like Zelda uses in, um, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, uh, when you're aiming with the bow or the slingshot or the uh, hook shot, uh, you can use motion controls to help you aim and it makes it so much easier. It's way better than using a stick and the idea of using a, a bow in Skyrim like that, or even casting spells, I think that would be really, really cool. My one gripe with this, not really gripe, but my one moment of hesitation is, let's say that we've got Skyrim on the Switch, and let's say that they've got motion controls enabled. If I'm playing on the go, is it harder for me to aim if I'm moving my screen around? The thing about when I'm playing on my TV is when I'm moving the controls around to better aim with the hook shot in Zelda, for instance, I'm not looking at the thing that I'm moving. I'm just looking at the screen and I'm moving, um, I'm moving the controls around and that makes it a lot easier for me to make sure that I'm, uh, aiming correctly. If I'm trying to aim and I'm tilting the, the screen away from me, that might make things a little bit more difficult for me to get the right thing, the, the, the right aim. So we'll see, uh, how they implement that. Uh, and that's something that I'm worried about with Splatoon as well. Uh, when they bring Splatoon to the Switch, are they going to bring in that motion control? And if so, how is that going to work with the motion control if I'm looking down at my screen 
and I'm moving my screen my screen to aim, it might make it hard for me to see what I'm aiming at. It's just a concern I have uh, with motion controls for this particular console. Uh, that being said, I think that this is really exciting news, and if um, if Bethesda is going to be supporting uh, the new Nintendo platform, then I'm going to bet that we're going to see a lot of excitement from other third-party developers around the Switch. The Game Awards are coming, and the nominee list had been uh, released, and there was a category in there, Best Fan Creation. And two of the, I think, four things that were nominated in the Best Fan Creation category were Pokemon Uranium Version and AM2R, which, for those of you that don't know, is another Metroid 2 remake. These two games uh, have been now removed from the nominee list, and it's because of intellectual property uh, issues. Um, both of the game, these games had previously received copyright takedown notices from, from Nintendo. And so I think, well, Game Awards, basically, they have to do their due diligence. They have to make sure that it's okay for them to uh, use the intellectual property that they're going to do in or use in the Game Awards. And if a company doesn't sign off, then that's it. They can't use it. So basically, uh, in, in a recent Twitch stream, uh, Jeff Keeley he explained that everything in the show has to be legally cleared by the game companies in question, in this case Nintendo and uh, the Pokemon company, uh, and that there is a clearance process where we have to get basically rights from everyone that owns the intellectual properties of the games. Uh, they don't tell the the intellectual property rights owners what games have been nominated, just hey, can we use your stuff for this game? Uh, then they said, following the announcement of the nominees, it became clear that the Game Awards would not be able to get clearance for Pokemon Uranium and another Metroid 2 remake from Nintendo. Um, if they had continued to keep these titles in, then the show is potential. The, the Game Awards themselves would potentially be at risk for takedown. And I can totally understand why they wouldn't want to do that. That being said, there were ways around this, I think. Uh, you could totally have done the show without showing actual footage of the game. Uh, just mentioning the name doesn't in, doesn't automatically cause a DMC t DMCA takedown notice to happen. Uh, and not only that, but why even nominate these two uh, when you know that Nintendo has had over 500 uh, games removed earlier this year, uh, including a No Man's Sky Mario mashup, mashup called uh, No Mario Sky. Um, Nintendo is very litigious about this stuff, and it's it's not like they didn't see this coming. So I'm not sure why they they didn't uh, start with without having them in there, but Maybe just by nominating them, they were showing everybody, hey, we think that these guys did a great job on these. And so we're showing everybody that we really like what these guys did, even though we can't actually give them an award or include them in the award show, because then we would uh, be legally 
responsible for what would happen to us should Nintendo and the Pokemon company not be happy with what happened. Um, he says that he thinks that the fan creations are amazing and then he would like nothing more than those creators and Nintendo to figure out a way to collaborate on content. I absolutely agree with what, uh, with what he's saying here because if Nintendo just went to the Nintendo and the Pokemon company, if they just went to whoever it is that worked on these games, uh, what they absolutely should do is say, hey, we're going to give you X dollars. You're now working for us as a game designer. Now, your job is to port that and release it on our systems. And Nintendo would make a whole bunch of money because they don't have to recreate a bunch of stuff. It's just somebody porting something. Uh, especially with the Switch coming out and and using the Unity engine, my guess is that and, and using not only the Unity engine but a lot of other uh, very commonplace uh, game engines. My guess is both Pokemon Uranium and A2MR are using uh, game engines that are probably going to be compatible with the Nintendo Switch. Although I'm totally talking out of my, out of my butt here. I'm just making that up. I'm just guessing. Because I don't know a whole lot about programming. Um, but I'll bet you they're using modern game engines. And using those game engines, if those engines are compatible with Switch, it should make it pretty easy for somebody to port something over. And these are the kind of people that Nintendo should be hiring. People who love their stuff so much that they make an entire game all by themselves. I don't know about um, Pokemon Uranium, but I know that A2MR or AM2R. Uh, that's made by one guy and he worked on it for years all by himself, just toiling away and he put it out and everybody was like, it's awesome. By the way, I downloaded it and I uh, haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to, and I'm excited to check it out. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's what's going on with the game awards. It's too bad that, that, uh, these two can't be included, but it's nice that they got a little bit of recognition. Last year, when Tatsumi Kimishima took over as the fifth president of Nintendo, he said that Nintendo was going to be diversifying. Now, he also said that he was executing plans that were put in place before him. So I'm not going to say that this is all down or all, all up to to uh, Kimishima. Uh, so it looks like probably Satoru Iwata was doing this ahead of time. And it just so happens that his untimely demise... Uh, put Kimishima in charge at the time when this was happening. And what, what what I'm actually talking about is when Kimishima took over, he said Nintendo is going to be moving in a new direction and we're going to be trying to leverage our intellectual properties in more than just video games so that they can become more than just a video game company. Nintendo should be an entertainment company. Now, for years, I've always said that of all the video game, video game companies out there, Nintendo is the Disney of video games. They have so many extremely valuable and famous intellectual properties like Mario and Zelda and Pikmin, and the list goes on, that they they rival Disney with, with the recognition. In fact, I would say that, and I think I read someplace, that Mario is a more recognized character than Mickey Mouse is. Which, that does not surprise me. 
Um, now, what does that what does that have to do with what's going on now? Well, also last year they announced that Nintendo would be making a deal with Universal Studios and making and everybody thought immediately, oh, are they doing movies? Uh, maybe, but we don't know yet. Um, but they're actually teaming up with Universal Parks and Resorts, which is a subsidiary of Universal Studios, I believe. And this means that we're going to be having a Nintendo world. Now, for a very long time, like they said that, and then we heard nothing about it. And then we started hearing a little bit about that that maybe things were under construction, and there were some rumors. And now, um, Shigeru Miyamoto has uh, put out, or Nintendo has put out a video uh, starring Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of uh, Donkey Kong and Mario and Zelda and on and on and on. And this video is talking about what it's going to be like at this new uh, Nintendo-themed theme park. So last May, they first announced this, and now finally we're, we're starting to hear, to hear what's happening there. Um, the first time... Uh, th- 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 this video was released today, and it shows uh, Shigeru Miyamoto and the uh, Universal Creative President, uh, Mark Woodbury, they're basically sitting on these uh, with these Mario theme backdrops behind them, and they're talking about what it is that this Nintendo's um, interactive environments uh, are going to be like. Um, they said that it's going to be coming to all three parks, so that's Universal Studios Hollywood, Universal Orlando Resort, and Universal Studios Japan. Uh, Nintendo also had a press release, and they said that the parks will be opening separately over the next several years, so they're not doing everything all at once, and they're going to be including multiple uh, attractions, shops, and restaurants. Um, I'd also like to point out that Universal has it was the ones who were in charge of handling uh, the Harry Potter stuff, and people love the Harry Potter stuff that's at Universal Studios. So that seems like a big success. And I'm hoping that they can take that same magic and combine it with the magic of Shigeru Miyamoto and make something really amazing. I just wish that there was one where I live, but there's not. So, you know, looks like it's a, there's a road trip in my future. A couple of lightning round things real quick. Stardew Valley for the Wii U has been canceled in favor of a Nintendo Switch version. Uh, this is from stardewvalley.net. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Stardew Valley is a game that is basically an homage to Harvest Moon. You play a farmer, you've got crops and livestock to take care of, and there's a town where you can sell your stuff and talk to the people and have relationships with people. Uh, It originally came out on Steam. It's made by one person, which is really amazing. Uh, And on Steam, it sold like gangbusters. It was announced for the Wii U as well as the Xbox One and the PS4. Uh, But the Wii U version has now been canceled, and they're going to be bringing it to uh, the Nintendo Switch instead. Uh, The website says, Stardew Valley will not be coming to the Wii U. However, looking at at Wii U and the current gaming landscape, we made the difficult choice to shift our development efforts to creating a version for Nintendo Switch. I am really looking forward to the Switch, and I believe that the Switch's unique capabilities could create some exciting opportunities for Stardew Valley. I do want to emphasize that I am absolutely committed to seeing Stardew Valley 
on Nintendo platforms, and I really do appreciate your support and understanding in this. Ape. So, originally the game was made by one person. It sounds to me like it's no longer made by one person, and they've probably hired some people to help. Um, I think that it's a fantastic move to take it on, to stop working on the Wii U version and to move that to uh, the Switch. The Switch is the future of Nintendo consoles. Uh, there's very, very few Nintendo Wii U's out there. I believe the the number is like 10 million. Um, so you wanna you wanna have uh, you wanna sell your game to a lot of people, and you can't sell your game to a lot of people if there aren't a lot of people who can buy it for your for a system that they don't have. So I think it's a good move for them to uh, stop moving forward on the Wii U and move over to the Nintendo Switch. I also think it would be in their best interest to make a version of this for the 3DS. Now, I've played a little bit of Stardew Valley, and I also and it's a really good game. I also know people who have put hundreds and, and hundreds and hundreds of hours into Stardew Valley. I don't know how big the world is or how much room is needed. I'm not sure if there's a, if there's too much processing power needed for it to run on the 3DS. I don't think that that would be true. Um, right now the 3DS has 65 million, um, versions out there, not versions out there, uh, 65 million, I guess I'll just rephrase it and say there's 65 million 3DSs out there in the wild. That's a whole lot of customers who can buy your game. Uh, so I think that they should look at making a 3DS, um, version, However, at the same time, I'm also the same person that said Nintendo should ditch the 3DS, even though I own one and love it, and focus solely on the Nintendo Switch so that they are only supporting one console. Maybe I'm being hypocritical when I think that Stardew Valley should not do that and try and put out a game on the 3DS. I guess it all comes down to how difficult is it to port a game to the 3DS? I really don't know. I do know that the Nintendo Switch is using modern game engines, and so Stardew Valley, if it's written in a modern game engine, means it'll be easier for them to port. Um, These guys know more about their business than I do, definitely. Uh, So they are betting heavily on Nintendo Switch. So am I. Speaking of third parties, there's a uh, little bit of news from Take-Two Interactive. This comes from WCCFTech.com, which I've never heard of that website. It's just something that I found on Reddit. And apparently Take-Two Interactive's president, Carl Sladoff, was talking at the 20th Annual Credit Suisse Technology, Media, and Telecom Conference for about a half an hour, it took me about a half an hour to read that. Uh, that that is a mouthful for the name of that conference. But anyway, they talked a little bit about the Nintendo Switch. Our Switch. They said that the folks at Nintendo are making a great effort to support third-party developers. We're very optimistic on the Switch, though we are not announcing anything specific today. That tells me that they have something to announce specific later, which is awesome. Um, this is really good news because Nintendo has not been known for being very um, cooperative when it comes to working with third parties. In fact, they are famous for being downright uncooperative with third parties. And if you look back at the uh, console wars back in the uh, 
late 80s, early 90s, the reason that Sega sprang up and was able to uh, challenge this behemoth was because Nintendo was out there throwing its weight around and angering uh, people that it was working working with. It was angering third parties. The Nintendo was angering um, retailers, and it was because they basically had a monopoly on it. So they were they were abusing that monopoly. I say they were abusing the uh, the uh, monopoly that they had, but they were doing what they needed to do at the time in order to make. A profit and I can't really fault him for that now why should we care about this uh, because take two interactive uh, which is a fantastic um, game developer uh, game developer uh, or publisher they own rockstar games uh, rockstar games are the people who make Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto is one of the biggest games that there ever was. They also make Red Dead Redemption. In fact, um, they just announced that they were making Red Dead Redemption 2, and that's all anybody could talk about for about two weeks. So the idea that right after announcing that, that Take-Two Interactive's president is going on and saying how he thinks that that Nintendo's doing a great job trying to work with third-party developers, I think we're going to be seeing Red Dead 2 on the switch okay the last thing that i want to talk about today is the nintendo switch january 13th five hour event so apparently nintendo has announced that the january 13th thing is going to be a five hour event it's going to be in new york it's going to be following a presentation that was on the that's going to be on the evening of january 12th and Nintendo's calling this presentation the a Tokyo webcast. Uh, notice that they're not calling it a Nintendo Direct, so I don't think that we're looking at something uh, like a highly po- a highly polished video that they're just uploading to YouTube. I think what we're probably going to be seeing instead is a shareholder meeting where they are talking about uh, the details of the upcoming hardware. So, Nintendo hasn't said anything about the hardware since they did that three-minute announcement trailer back in October. Um, People are really excited to find out more information about it. Uh, And they said that, basically, this new five-hour event is going to further emphasize some of the details that Nintendo plans to announce. So, there's going to be, on the 12th, uh, Tokyo Webcast... My guess is it's going to be like a shareholders meeting where they're talking about what we're going to be getting for our, uh, our for our money. Speaking of money, they'll probably reveal the price at that time for the shareholders meeting. And then after the shareholders meeting or the Tokyo webcast, we're going to get uh, this uh, five-hour event where specific people from the press are able to get their hands on the hardware so that they can tell us what they think. So uh, I'm not one of those people. Of course not. I'm tiny. But, you know, maybe somebody like Nintendomination or, um, gosh, I can't think of anybody right now, like IGN and those those guys, they're going to be out there and they're going to have their hands on this machine and be able to get some footage and we'll find out what people really think of the Nintendo Switch at that point. Are you excited? I am. 